0: Hello and welcome to Movement, the weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, we interview a leader from within our movement and then ask them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week.
1: Welcome back to Movement Podcast. I have the privilege uh, this week of sitting here with Scott Pilgrim. Uh, And Scott and I are actually sitting here in Kelkarinji on Gurundji Country Uh, in the NT, and we've been on this adventure together, gotten to know each other a little bit actually, bunking together in rooms and sitting quite close together in our car on this adventure. Scott, welcome to the podcast, it's great to have
0: you on. Uh, Great to be with you, and been great to travel with you this week.
1: Uh, We've been learning together and having fun together, and and maybe some of that will come out in what we talk about today, but uh, I want to get to know you
0: a little bit. Can you introduce us to Scott and and a little bit of your story? Yeah, sure. So um, it's a privilege to serve as the Executive Director of uh, Baptist Mission Australia. Uh, I've been in that role for um, about two and a half years. Uh, came into it just as uh, we were entering into the COVID season, so that had its its challenges. Uh, in terms of you know broad brush picture, uh, have kind of served in uh, our Baptist movement for uh, around 30 years now, uh, getting a bit older uh, in different leadership kind of roles, pastoral, local church, church planting denominational uh, and then uh, more recently served um, as the executive pastor at Crossway in Melbourne uh, before moving uh, into this role, uh, heading up uh, our intercultural work uh, around the world and uh, working with some great teams in Australia and, uh, and overseas. Um, I guess you press the rewind button and go back a long way. Yeah, a journalist grand, yeah. by profession. Wow, okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Fairfax uh, Journal. So, still love to read the paper most days. <laughs> uh, yeah, married, uh, have a Brady Bunch kind of family, older and younger kids, uh, and uh, live in Melbourne with uh, Megan and our three younger children.
1: Yeah, great. Thank you for that, mate. And what about, what about your faith story? Where, how did you and Jesus meet?
0: Yeah, I grew up in a family that, uh, when I was you know, a kid, if you would have asked me when I was 12, 13, I would have said I was in a Christian family. But I, I look back now and realize that I was in a, a kind of God-fearing kind of family. Um, funnily enough, my dad was uh, a superintendent in a congregational church and went to church every day, every Sunday, until the minute uh, Church Union happened and the Uniting Church came into being. um uh, Just stopped going. And it took me years to kind of process that with him, you know, that kind of journey. So I kind of was a bit of a... um, uh, out there kind of on my own in high school years. Uh, Just happened to land in a a great Presbyterian church youth group. A small, older church, but with some passionate kind of uh, youth leaders. Uh, Really formative years for me in high school. Uh, And then uh, when I was about uh, 18... Uh, I met, um, I started going to a Baptist church in Newcastle uh, and uh, met a guy called Ross Britzer, uh, a youth pastor uh, who, uh, funnily enough, whose dad served with Baptist Mission Australia and then Ross later served with Baptist Mission okay, Australia. Yeah. Uh, Ross was the first male figure I met who loved Jesus. Yeah, wow. I think that was really formative and important for me Um as a as a young man. Yeah. What did it actually mean to, you know, love Jesus. What, what stood out for you in Ross? Uh, he was authentic. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, we used to laugh back in the day, um, that, you know, Ross would probably wear a flannelette shirt and a terry toweling hat. Yeah, okay. Not even socks and sandals, you know. <laughs> and I think, you know, back in say the eighties he would have yeah. been that classic kind of dag, you, yeah, feel okay. like, you know, the, yeah. the dad you didn't want to pick you up at the school dance. Yeah, you know? okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but he was real. Um, he used to pick me up once a week. Uh, pre-cut sandwiches, Tupperware container, drive up in the old Tarago to the beach. Yeah,
1: okay. And
0: uh, we talk faith, we talk ministry. Uh, Really now, I look back and he was a mentor. Yeah, okay. Um, But when he told you he was praying for you, when he told you that he loved you, when he told you that he was there for you, it it meant something. And uh, it's amazing. You know, you can travel around the country today, and there will be people my age and younger uh, who are in ministry today, so many, uh, who Ross had... uh, uh, that mentoring experience in their life. That's fantastic
1: to hear, Scott. I love. I love people. Hear about people like Ross and and. Um, and I've been privileged to have people like that in, in my story as well. It's just such a gift to invest in others, yeah. and we just never know the impact no, exactly that right. might have, right. be well beyond us, yes. yep, uh, totally. Yeah, even if we feel a bit like a dag when we're doing yeah. it. <laughs> in hanging out with you, Scott, you often bring up names and stories, and, and you've, you've had a lot of experiences, as you said, in, in as you introduced yourself, you've been in a variety of different roles across 30 years in ministry. What, what experiences and passions have kind of all worked together to, to land you here today?
0: Yeah, a really good question. Um, I think it's sometimes good to pause really and actually think about that. Um, if I think about the key aspects that have kind of landed me where I am today, um, uh, one obviously would be yeah, the uh, passion to, to serve Jesus and uh, I talked about my parents being God-fearers before, but mm. innately within me, um, they modelled servanthood, yeah, okay. whether that was at the footy club, the school canteen, church, you know, so something innately within me has always wanted to to serve others uh, and the joy that comes from, from service. Um, I, I love team, uh, you know, really from, from day one as a journo right through, you know, now what Many many years later, I've always been a part of a team of some description, uh, and I love leading team. I love um, building team. I, I love seeing a team you know, uh, embrace culture and vision and kicking goals together. Um, so I guess that sense of uh, servanthood, uh, team and and leadership, uh, and then around that of I guess a desire that uh, uh, a desire for effective kind of missional engagement. Mm. Um, for example, I didn't expect to spend 10 years of my ministry years with, um, with Baptist care Mm. in New South Wales. Uh, but I'm so thankful to God for that experience because it put me in another zone. Um, but there I was with people experiencing homelessness, domestic violence, uh, you know, people on the fringes, and it was kind of bringing uh, that team leadership, that servant heart into that zone, that space, but seeing obviously that's the exact kind of place or space Jesus would be. Yeah. Uh, and so whether it's been local church, uh, church planting, Baptist care, I mean, Crossway, a very different experience, you yeah. know, yeah. large you know, massive church in the bible belt of melbourne's eastern suburbs uh, but again how how do you work in that setting to encourage people to think locally to think neighbourhood to think missional engagement to th- to think about um, uh, you know who is their neighbour and how they love their neighbour uh, and so i guess around all of that if i think about where around today is that kind of heartbeat for justice and, yeah okay uh, you know i know you share that yeah. heartbeat yeah. we're sitting here today, today you know in you know on um, First Nations country, and I guess uh, part of us both being here is that commit, commitment to justice. Mm. And when I was first invited to this role, I, I kind of wondered how they came together. Uh, you know, I haven't experienced an in intercultural mission and yeah, I haven't had that kind of background missionary kind of story. Mm. But you look around the world today, and 40% of people, 40% of the world's population, still haven't experienced the good news in ways that make sense in their culture. Mm. And so I was struck by, um, that's a justice issue yeah. as much as the a mission issue. And only 2% of all the church's resources around the world spent on that 40%. Mm, yeah, wow. um, and so, yeah, I, I guess we all want to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's that uh, that passion or desire for shalom. Mm. There's a verse in the Psalms, uh, sorry, in Proverbs, uh, that's um, justice and shalom kiss. Mm. I reckon that one phrase probably sums up my passion to be about pursuing shalom and justice you know beautiful but broken worlds
1: yeah wow that's it's it's um great to be invited into something of how your uh, mind and and mission heart um, all comes together as as you think through the different experiences and those um, leadership um, postures and skills and opportunities you've had are there, are there things about who God is and what He is, he is like moments, experiences that, that you think of as we as we have this conversation? Yeah, sure,
0: sure. Um, I've been saying this a lot lately. Uh, I think for me it's been over uh, probably the last 10 years in particular. I wish it was longer. But really trying to embrace uh, as a leader, uh, what does it mean to lead out of a theology of brokenness? Mm. Um, I remember a mentor of mine way back in college said, "You haven't got to look far to see brokenness. <laughs> Just open your eyes." Yeah. You know, um, and we're in the midst of it right here, aren't yeah. we? You know, in, uh, where we see injustice and, and brokenness, and yet beautiful people and resilience and hope. Um, and so, you know, even in my own journey, uh, I, uh, I've moved through uh, separation, divorce, and remarriage, okay. and you know, that's not kind of talked about too much, particularly with leaders. Mm. Um, but I've learned to own that as part of my story. But it's also made me a better pastor and leader, having having had to journey through that, uh, but embrace the brokenness within that. But to remind myself every day that at our best as a leader, we're really a broken person that God is still putting back together piece by piece by piece. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I think that's allowed me um, to probably sit with others, you know, be they uh, the wealthy professional in in an eastern suburbs of Melbourne church or uh, be they people who we've sat with over recent days here in the Territory uh, and to see the dignity in all people, uh, to see the brokenness in all people, and yet whether it's that rich professional or the Aboriginal man we sat with last night, that yearning for hope. And uh, I think as leaders that's probably, you know, I see that as the great privilege of what's it mean to be a bearer of hope uh, in the midst of, of brokenness um, and keep pointing people to the kingdom kind of now and not yet.
1: That's a really helpful invitation to find God in our brokenness, too. I it guess, is, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. Um, and find that healing and restoration and opportunity to, to follow Him into even leadership positions. And,
0: yeah. yeah, and I, I think the more we do that, you know, I, I went through college and, you know, my early years in leadership when um, uh, we were kind of first discovering a lot of the, you know, the, the Bill Hybels, Rick Warren, mm. uh, and lots of good stuff in that. Mm. But I, that sense where you were kind of so seduced with the message of kind of success mm. and growth and yeah. numbers. And, you know, I certainly was probably drawn into that. Maybe it comes with age and maturity. But uh, I think today that so many leaders still struggle to be themselves. Mm. Uh, and yet when we you know, are honest and we be ourselves and we be authentic, we might not like lots of things we've seen ourselves. But for me, what that's done is it's um, it's made my God such a, a bigger, more robust, loving, welcoming God.
1: So, so what does the leader, Scott, look like when he is being himself?
0: Uh, yeah, um, uh, I would hope people say pretty humble, <laughs> uh, pretty laid back, Um I set myself really high expectations and so I've got to keep working on that all the yeah. time. It's part of the whole grace story. Yeah. Love being with family and friends, love hospitality, mm-hmm. uh, love opening up my house and having people around the table and kind of good coming out of COVID, being able to do that. Yeah. Love coaching my kids' sporting teams and engaging local community. Uh, I think the compelling kind of drive within me is a, is a phrase um, from a guy called Cornelius Platinga um, who talks about shalom. And he says, what does it mean to look at the world and say, um, it's not supposed to be that way? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and I think that really gives me that energy and drive every day, whether it's looking at how do I continuously improve a system in an office uh, through to how do we stand up and bring kind of justice into our broken world?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really helpful to hear. Uh, you, you now find yourself in a role leading a national organisation that has a global brief um, on behalf of and alongside of uh, Australian Baptists, what are you seeing and hearing and learning?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm certainly seeing and hearing and learning that we are great when we're together as a Baptist movement. Yeah. No, I, I've known that in the past, but to step back into it, uh, you know, it can sound like a cliche, the whole, you know, stronger together, yeah. better together, yeah, yeah. but we are, you yeah, know. It's true. Um, uh, Alan DeMond uh, at New Hope, great pastor, great leader in our movement. Uh, Alan, DeMond has often said, Australian Baptists are at our best when we unite and think about mission.
1: Yeah, okay. Um,
0: and I just love that thought, yeah. you know, that it does unite us, it does um, bring us to the table with a sense of vision and purpose. Uh, what am I seeing? Um, uh, certainly the power of partnerships. Uh and the generosity of people it uh, just continues to amaze me the generosity of Baptist people uh, in South Australia in the territory across the nation in wanting to support mission uh, and what God is doing around the world um, and what else am I seeing um, I guess it's challenge and opportunity
1: yeah
0: um, in in my space you know now yeah um, 70% of followers of Jesus uh, will live in a non-western world okay. by 2030. Yeah, um, You know, if we were to, I know this is you know, a bit clunky, but if we were to take the average Christian person today, it would be a, a poor woman uh, living in a developing country in South America or Africa.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. Um, and so in my kind of space yeah. that I'm leading now, it's how does a Western mission agency, yeah. and a pretty small one at that, how does a Western mission agency uh, who historically has sent people mm. Uh, how do we reframe our thinking uh, in a world where Christianity and mission is changing? Uh, but how do we also see great opportunities to come alongside others, both in Australia and across the globe, to, to see some of those opportunities? Yeah, okay. And you mentioned opportunities.
1: Um, what what might they be?
0: Yeah, I think one of the great opportunities... Uh, that we as Australian Baptists have, and I say this kind of humbly, but we punch above our weight mm. as a movement, um, both in the country and across the world. Um, I think one of the opportunities is to, how can we how can we take um, hold of some of the things that are core to us, incarnation mm. um, and innovation, Yeah. Um, and how can we play a lead role? Um, I'm going to use a bit of jargon here, but how can we play a lead role in the development of this kind of uh, polycentric, Polyvocal vocal missiology what do i mean by that yeah explain um, yeah. that for us yeah, yeah sure um the fact that with the world changing rather than think about the west to the rest yeah. how do we think about everyone to everyone yeah so therefore what does it look like for an australian baptist mission agency to support the development of leaders in png yeah. who might serve brothers and sisters across the south pacific yeah uh, what's it mean for us to come alongside uh, our brothers and sisters in Zambia, a project we're looking at now, where it's not us coming in to control the project, control the money, tell them how they should do it, but it's us coming in to release resource and vision so that Zambian Baptists can get on with their own mandate and agenda. Um, what's, it, what's it look like for us this week? We've got uh, some of our key uh, leaders in India um, and they're there, uh, not with their traditional kind of you know, missionary hat on, uh, they're there as coaches and mentors mm. to help uh, Rabah Baptists understand what does it look like to develop contextualised mission among Muslims uh, with mass migration where their community is changing rapidly. Mm. So in many ways our future is partnership and I think the opportunity for us to... to uh, take some of the things that are, that are core to us as Aussie Baptists, mm-hmm. mission, incarnation, innovation, yeah. and, and influence and support and resource others in the global South, the, the non-Western world. Um, one thing I'm really excited about is I'm in a small working group uh, that is looking to develop a global Baptist mission network uh, for the first time to try to bring together mission leaders from across the Baptist world Um and not just not to talk, uh, but to foster and harness partnership and action. Um, like we don't even know, you know where some countries are working. Uh, and so what would it look, look like to take a kind of global vision and then break that down across regions in the world and then to know that an Australian Baptist church could support one of those kind of global projects.
1: Yeah, man, that sounds like a, a whole new adventure. It I'm is, gonna, yeah, yeah, it is,
0: yeah. And it's going to take courage. Um, and change Um, and it's going to take some time Um, but I'm excited that um, uh, our history as Australian Baptists uh, in mission from the first time some courageous women went out to India is we've wanted to kind of be at the cutting edge, we've wanted to be at the table uh, around those innovative discussions and I get excited because I see that uh, in churches, in SA, uh, in the Territory, uh, churches that are wanting to have those missional conversations, um, and how can we do it well locally together and how can we do it globally together?
1: Yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. Um, Invite us into that. Uh, So you've kind of painted a picture of the opportunities uh, and the potential, I think, a little bit. what's happening now? Like sometimes it can be, uh, you're saying we don't know what's happening in other parts of the world as other people go somewhere. I wonder if there's people who might be listening to this in our uh, Australian Baptist churches who aren't even sure what we're up to. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Can you paint a little bit of a picture of what Australian Baptist missionaries are up to?
0: Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, I think if we start with an inward lens and think about Australia, um, you know, this is true across, across the country, um, migration um, is changing the way we think about mission. In some ways, the world is coming to Australia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, if Which I just. Which is a
1: whole other opportunity. A, a in fantastic itself, opportunity, yeah.
0: in particular. You know, I know that yeah. you you and Melinda and the team really keen and committed to that in SA. Um, but if we think about Tassie, for example, I think this is a, a beautiful story that highlights the world coming to Australia. If we think about uh, Hobart, uh, because of opportunities uh, for permanent residency in, in a region now in Hobart, in Tassie, um, the Nepalese population has gone from 600 to 6,500 in the last five years. Yeah, wow. So suddenly there's you know a country town full yeah. of Nepalese people in Hobart. Uh, and uh, a local Baptist church there, with their eyes open to the community, uh, have responded to that. And so there's a Nepalese Baptist Fellowship. But we're working with them now on what is it what can Baptist Mission Australia bring to the table uh, with our intercultural strengths? How can we help that church locally in Tassie to do mission well, interculturally, contextualised, but then also to partner with them because their heart is also for Nepal, mm. where obviously family, friends, you know, loved ones are. Um, so you could take that example and multiply that across Australia yeah. as the world comes to Australia. And then around the world, um, we still have teams working in Africa, Uh, Asia, obviously out back central Australia where we are here, but in Africa and uh, Asia, uh, in the countries that we're working, um, we genuinely see uh, uh, an openness to the good news, uh, particularly in places where the gospel is yet to take root. Uh, in Malawi, we see some you know, thriving faith communities led by local Yao leaders, second-generation disciples who are not only leading now faith communities, but who are, uh, are, are leading and coming to the table with you know, social enterprise and employment-generating, uh, income-generating ideas within their own communities. Um, you know, in Southeast Asia... A code name for one of the places that we work, you know with security. We see um, many people being employed uh, in an expanding English institute, uh, many people from a majority religion coming to faith, uh, again, an insider movement. We're clearly in you know, a God is at work. So despite the pandemic, um, Australian Baptists can be confident and assured of a, of a God who is at work across the world uh, through our intercultural teams.
1: Uh, as you imagine, um, as, you, as you paint that picture and imagine what what Australian Baptists might continue to invest and, and grow into, uh, uh, is there is there anything else you want to add to that that imagination? I mean,
0: um, what else is in front of us in the end of the adventure for Australian Baptists? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we're obviously going to need to continue to take you know, risks, yeah. you, know? Um, um, you know, as an organisation. Uh, we trace our history back to uh, to Adelaide, yeah. uh, and I'm often reminded of that by some of our <laughs> South Australian supporters. Um, uh, but, it, 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 you know, I, I mean, I, I still see the beauty in that kind of, you know, timeline and passing the baton. It was a very different world in Flinders Street uh, when, you know, Silas Mead. Silas Mead, our yep. hero, yeah. Yep. It was a very different world, obviously, yeah. when he called people to a prayer meeting and said, you know, let's begin to pray about... Australians being sent, but uh, you know well, what a vision. Yeah. Uh, and man, it was a lot harder to get to, you know, <laughs> to overseas then. Yeah. Uh, and just the the risk, the courage, the commitment, the uh, the willingness to, you know, to have a go. Yeah. Um, and I think you, know, you fast forward to today, and some of that kind of same spirit uh, is uh, is is alive and well. Uh, in in local Baptist churches, uh, this past weekend I spoke at Casuarina yeah. Baptist Church, you know, in suburban Darwin. Um, but I was struck by what a a beautiful experience it was missionally, because the place was full of people from so many different cultures. Yeah. Uh, prayers were prayed in heart languages, songs were sung in different languages, um, and. I kind of was reminded of one. The world's come to Darwin, but he was a local church who's who's not just thinking inwardly about itself. Right. You know, there could be people who think that's not my cup of tea. It's not meeting my needs. Yeah. But he's a church that's shaping even its Sunday gathering around uh, the United Nations. Yeah. You know, in Darwin. Yeah. Um, and so whether it's Hobart, Darwin, Adelaide, or whether it's in uh, Mangotchi you know, in Malawi, or on the Silk Road in um, I think there are opportunities for us to think creatively mm. uh, but but it will take partnership yeah. uh, and it will take a willingness to embrace change yeah. and you know, one of the things we're grappling with as an organisation is we're going to have to do things differently that to, to how we did them 10 years ago yeah. or 20 years ago uh, but we're on that journey together and yeah. so yeah I'm excited about the opportunities.
1: I mean it's a parallel conversation with local mission isn't it? Exactly and right. churches You know reimagining and um, and restoring how we engage with the people who we live next door to yep. from yep. from our churches, you yep. know, in, in suburban context, regional context, all, all over Australia.
0: Yeah, the um, um, the Tassie Baptists have got these three words for their you know their vision at the moment, which is uh, uh reimagine, reinvent, realign. Yeah, great. And you know, you could apply that to a local church. Yeah, you could apply that to us, to our movement. But you know, yes, as you just said, Elliot, what's it look like to reimagine? Yeah.
1: Mm. Well, and, uh, all the South Australian. Um, People listening would already know that imagination is uh, top of the list of my uh, favorite Fantastic. places to sit in as, as we think about what God might be inviting us into next. Um, you, you've painted this picture that's, um, you've given us a glimpse, I think, of the broad picture um, of what God is up to, of what he might be inviting uh, Baptist Mission Australia and Australian Baptist churches into next. Um, I, I want to have the courage to imagine that someone might be listening, an individual or a family might be listening even to this podcast and, and feeling... Uh, an invitation from God to be part of that story, uh, not in some big picture way, but in a very particular localised way, how would they go about yeah. with connecting with BMA and, and exploring that?
0: Yeah, it's a great question, and I'd share that same prayer and hope uh, uh, with you. Um, we're, we're delighted to have Liza Cornish on the ground as part of your extended um, ministry team now in SA. Uh, Liza, our, our state leader in South Australia and Northern Territory, She's uh, she's been a, a great find from the Barossa Valley. She's fantastic, yeah. yeah and uh, she's just stepped into the role and is doing a fantastic job, particularly in the you know the one to one conversations with pastors and people of interest. And we've also got some we've got Rachel uh, Stevens, our next gen specialist, and Jane uh, who has that great title. I think of global administrator. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a great team of, uh, of, yeah, all of yeah, yeah. Great yeah, all based
1: in Adelaide. Yeah, three
0: great women, all based in Adelaide. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, if there was someone listening today, an individual, couple, family, uh, can I encourage you, yeah, by all means, to, to reach out to, to Liza and the team. In my recent visits uh, to Adelaide, I've been struck by imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been great to, to meet people doing you know, a cafe church and people trying new things in mainstream older congregations. And certainly in my conversations with pastors and leaders in SA, there's a, there is that great sense of imagination, which is wonderful to see. Um, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about the potential in their own setting or even beyond uh, internationally, just to take a next step. Uh, the next step could be as simple as, a, um, as an email to Liza or a phone call. Uh, For churches that are listening, it might be to think, hey, travel's back on the horizon, Uh, so a global exposure, a short-term trip uh, overseas somewhere. Liza would again love to talk to churches about that. Or we can certainly look at individual opportunities to expose people to to intercultural opportunities. But, yeah, we'd love to to journey and discern with people uh, what those next steps might look like.
1: There's... Pastors, hopefully listening to this podcast, as people from across South Australia, and Northern Territory, Baptist churches, um, I want to give you uh, one last chance, Scott, to uh, to say anything else you want to want to say. Is there anything else still in there that you want to get out? Oh, it would just be thank you.
0: Uh, it would be a very genuine, big thank you. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've talked about it, the history, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, we've got wonderful supporters in South Australia and the Northern Territory. Um, I'm excited about the uh, the conversation you're having together as two kind of unions uh, in terms of that partnership opportunity of, of strengthening your work together. Uh, we really value the commitment of um, of uh, Melinda and, and Bunt and yourself, Elliot, even in this trip as we talk about uh, mission here in Central Australia together. Uh, so thank you to all our supporters and partners. Uh, we really value what you're doing. Uh, there's some great... Uh, SA, NT workers on our teams around the world. Um, I was just sitting recently with David and Susie Hayden and their kids having dinner in, uh, in Malawi. And, you know, one of the first things they said is, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the generosity of people in SA and NT. And that's true. It's people putting their money where their mouth is. So thank you to all our supporters and partners. And you said a final word. Maybe if you're a pastor listening today and you're yet uh, kind of not on board with us, um, can I encourage you to chat to Liza and um, she would be really happy to connect with you and share more of our story together.
1: Scott, thank you so much for um, having this conversation with me. Uh, It's been a privilege to uh, have this conversation, but also to journey with you this week. Uh, It's a bunk together in a room to get to know you a bit better. Um, You have an important role in our family of churches, our movement of churches across the country. Uh, and, and we want to continue to
0: champion uh, the work of Baptist Mission Australia. And so just thank you so much. Thank you. You've been a brave man to bunk me this week and uh, been great to connect and uh, just also want to cheer you and Melinda and the team on in South Australia for the great work that you're doing. Great to chat. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to Movement Today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe and tell a friend. We'll be back next week with a sermon from today's guest.